Hi, dear friend. Thank you for welcoming tuning in to Faith FM. Welcome to the big uh, uh, Q&A, the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the program where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. Once again, you are listening to Fabiano Nyoguru, currently ministering here in South Australia, both at Meros Park Seventh Adventist Church as well as Sinai Adventist Church Company. And friends, I am here in the studio with a good friend of mine, Pastor Hugh Heenan, who is also a minister at uh, Grace Adventist Center there uh, in Mosson Lakes uh, at uh, the Denison Center, uh, and also a minister for the Trinity Gardens Seventh Adventist Church. Friends, this. This week we have been uh, studying under the theme privileged uh, privileged to share but uh, today's topic is witnessing in death now you may have had the privilege of uh, knowing uh, if you've been listening throughout this week that uh, we are actually following uh, a set of readings that uh, the Adventist Church worldwide is studying reading and uh, uh, using for the week of prayer prayer is important and uh, I invite you once again to this uh, radio program uh, where we take the next step into to the uh, the next topic, witnessing in death. Now, my co-host here, uh, Pastor Hugh Hinnan, uh, is uh, a regular on this radio program. Uh, how have you been, uh, Pastor Hugh? Oh, I'm very well there, Fabiano, and it's uh, very much mutual. It's great to be back with my good old mate and friend, uh, Fabiano, and with our friends on the airwaves uh, with us today as well. And uh, like you rightly pointed out, uh, yeah. we have been really enjoying and relishing <clears throat> the different readings, the different uh, uh, exposés and explorations, I guess you'd say, through yes. the course of this week uh, as we've prayed together, as we've uh, uh, come before God together and uh, united around Him and His Word. And I must say, it's been uh, really invigorating set of uh, yeah. uh, topics that we've looked at in right. terms of the power of witness. There's so many different ways to yes. witness yes. to the goodness, the love, and the righteousness and peace mm. and joy of God. And um, and certainly, as you pointed out, uh, we're moving on today to uh, talking not just about witnessing in life, but also uh-huh. witnessing in death. So wow. really, really keen to uh, to explore that with you. It, it's um, it sounds better than what it, it is better than what it sounds. Uh, witnessing <laughs> okay. in death. No, that's wonderful. Hey, we're looking forward to that. If you're tuning into Faith FM for the first time, know that you can go to faithfm.com.au and uh, listen to other programs as well as previous uh, recordings uh, under this same theme. Just look for the uh, Faith FM Drive Time program or Big Q&A. Also, you can get a Faith FM app. And with the app, you'll be able not only to listen to uh, Faith FM live wherever you're at, regardless of the uh, uh, the frequency interferences, but you can also uh, do more things such as you know schedule a certain program and um, uh, also once again listen to other programs, other presenters as well as go back and uh, re-listen to some of the previous recordings as well. If you would like to interact with us, uh, send in a prayer request, or even uh, let us know where you're listening from, uh, the number to uh, use is 04888 is 04888 
11. I know that uh, some of my friends are listening. Uh, one person in particular has uh, informed, informed me last night that she will be listening. And it is good to know that uh, we have people uh, listening. Friends, sometimes it can feel a little bit... Uh, uh, well, lonely may not be the right word because I usually have my good friend here, Pastor Hugh, with me. But, <laughs> but, but there are times where we wonder, you know, uh, how many others are listening, you know? So please do try to interact with us. If you agree with something, hey, shout, shout out and amen. And, uh, uh, if you have a question, uh, please do send us a question. So we will really love to, uh, uh, interact with those who are listening. So, once again, let's uh, just uh, look at a few things that are happening around the world. Uh, well, we may not have time, I guess, to look at a few, but let's look at one thing in particular, at least, uh, before we get into today's uh, uh, study. Uh, as I was just browsing once again uh, on the Christian headlines, I found the following uh, article, which is... Uh, yeah, which is uh, good, I think, and quite interesting. Uh, the headline says, Israeli archaeologists unearth mysteries 2,800-year-old biblical era structure near temple. Let me read that again. Israel, Israeli. Ah, that's a bit of a mouthful. Israeli archaeologists unearth mis- mysteries or mysterious rather I should say. Sorry, let me read that again. Israeli archaeologists unearth mysterious 2,800 year old biblical era structure near temple. I think that's better. So uh, apparently this um, funding of theirs takes them back to the time of the Solomon's uh, temple. Uh, and uh, apparent, apparently what's so interesting about this uh, uh, funding is that um, uh, it um, uh, it speaks of uh, uh, things that relate to the time of the biblical kings. Uh, and uh, in fact, uh, the author says uh, the Israel Antiquities Authority announced the discovery in recent days saying it was used during the time of Solomon's temple, a time known as the first temple period. Uh, and here they're proposing that it was around 970 uh, to about uh, 596 BC uh, and likely fell out of use during the reigns of King Joash and Amaziah of Judah. Both are mentioned in Second Kings. That is the book of the Bible. Uh, because the channels were likely constructed several decades earlier, it's possible they were built in uh, or around the King uh, uh, Solomon. And so this funding of theirs, uh, just to, I uh, guess, uh, get to the heart of what I'm wanting to share and why I find this uh, to be quite interesting, is because this funding of theirs is something that, um, uh, uh, something that maybe was long forgotten, um, something that obviously was not known uh, up to the time when it was discovered, but yet it confirms what we read in scripture, or at least it mm. helps us once again to, uh, uh, to look at scripture and say, Hey, we are standing on a solid ground. Uh, what we read in the Bible is, um, yeah, it's as it was. And, um, you know, these things that we are reading are backed up by history and archaeology mm. does that uh, all the time. There's always a lot of other things that are discovered, which is really good, I think, especially for those who have uh, uh, a curious mind. And, you know, so, yeah, I find this to be exciting. Uh, Hugh, I don't know what your thoughts are about on this uh, discovery, but yeah, it's good to, you know, finally discover things like this once again that just, mm. uh, 
I guess confirms what we've always we've always believed uh, for quite some time. Yes, it's it, it's uh, wonderful to see that time and time again now we are finding uh, when I say we uh, we it's being reported to us uh, as believers what uh, various different archaeologists yes. and anthropologists and the like are finding, and yeah. it really is adding to the the weight of credibility uh, right. of the Bible, isn't it? To think mm. that uh, that there have been those who have uh, tried to attack the credibility and reliability of Scripture yes. on the basis of, well, you know, is this something which relates to or corresponds to uh, or dovetails with history? Right. Uh, and uh, and you know, it's interesting how often uh, I find that uh, those sorts of accusations or speculations are made yeah. and within a period of time might be a, a number of years or decades, even maybe a century or two later, you'll hmm. find – uh, that uh, something will come to light that will show that uh, this actually was an event or a person or a place that uh, was, uh, in, yeah, was was very much from that time and uh, really uh, existed just as the Bible had said. Sometimes it's the, only the Bible yeah. that uh, has preserved the record of uh, of various archaeological and historical matters. That's right. Uh, and it's only later, of course, that this is then uh, 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 verified. You could say by the modern sciences. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting how often this happens. The other day, I was uh, encountering where <clears throat> someone was suggesting that King David had never existed. Mm. And now, of course, there's there's so many evidences today yes. that, that suggests otherwise. That's right. Um, so uh, it's really what separates the Bible yeah. from mythology, right? Uh, and and from. Uh, uh, from various different uh, heroic stories yes. of other ancient cultures. <clears throat> uh, the Bible was something which is highly reliable, yes. both Old and New Testament. So, yeah, another great story, another great uh, example of this uh, That's coming right. to light, isn't it? Yeah. No, I, I really do find this to be exciting. Um, yeah, so this 2,800-year-old channel installation, apparently that dates back to the biblical kings, is once again another... Um, uh, ex- exciting discovery because once again it just yeah it just um, confirms uh, that uh, hey what we are reading here is uh, um, factual um, and mm. uh, it can be backed up by history and uh, and archaeology so that's mm. that's exciting and um, yeah now obviously uh, when we discover uh, things like this um, in a sense I take this to be uh, witnesses to yes. what. Um, um, to what the Bible says, does this make sense? It, it, they, they kind of, um, once again, preach if that makes sense. They, they say, hey, trust the Bible, right? <laughs> they point us back to scripture and, uh, gives us, you know, that confidence that, uh, that, um, yeah, that, 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 that uh, assurance, if I could use that, those words. But, and, uh, obviously what we're talking about today is once again a story of a person, um, called Tabitha, uh, 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 who was dead, but yet, I won't share more about that because that's your, uh, uh message for today, but yet, she could still witness in a powerful way. Mm. And uh, I'm looking mm. forward to what you're about to share. But let's begin with prayer because I believe that prayer is so important. Let's pray. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you may uh, uh, teach us today. As Pastor Hughes shares, I pray that you may give him clarity. Uh, I pray that uh, all of those who are listening, that they would find something, something in what he will share, Father, through your word, something that is worth 
uh, uh, holding on to. And I pray that they will, they would also be drawn much closer to you and that they would actually find that, uh, there are some application from what he'll be sharing and that, uh, 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 all of us actually may be able to learn, uh, from what he'll share, um, about witnessing and, um, and how we ourselves can actually, uh, go out and witness in many different ways and, and using different tools and, uh, and, and can be creative in how we witness. Father be with us, we pray in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And so friends, we, uh, Excited to uh, inform you that we do have a free giveaway, but today I uh, will let you know how to give uh, how to get a free uh, giveaway after the song. Uh, right now, I would like you to just uh, sit with uh, sit and relax and um, enjoy this uh, song. I'm not ashamed of the gospel by uh, Salos. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. P S A L. L-O-S. Yes. So please enjoy this song and uh, immediately after the break, we'll be right back. So please don't go away. In fact, you want to stick around because I have a, a really good giveaway today, but I'll let you know how to get that uh, shortly. Blessings. So the gospel now 
is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Draft Time Big Q&A with Fabiano Nyonghuru and our co-host today is... Uh, um, Hugh Hinnan and uh, friends, our theme for this week has been privileged to share. However, the topic for today is witnessing in death. Friends, I do have a free giveaway and I did promise that I will let you know how to get that free giveaway. This is a book that you must read. Every year, Roger Monroe received thousands of calls and letters requesting intercessory prayer. In this book, he shares God's amazing answers and shows how you too can take hold of the incredible power of prayer. Some miracles have saved him from certain death, but most but most are in response to prayers for others. Patients dying in a hospital get well. Shattered families are reunited. Addicts find freedom and hearts are changed. You see, this book, my friend, a book which you must have is a book uh, which uh, 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 contains some of the most powerful stories that uh, uh, Roger Monroe uh, has shared. And friends, I think you really want to read this because this is one of those classics and a powerful reminder that prayer works. This is a book that Therefore, that you can have for free if you claim it. This is how you can get it. You just have to send the code word uh, SA134, so that is SA134, to the number 04888808011. The number is 04888808011. All you have to do is send the code word to us and then the Faith FM giveaway board to reply asking for your details. Um, so please do send that SA134 or SA134 to that number. And so welcome back once again. We have a powerful uh, presenter in the studio. <laughs> I thought I'll shock him. Uh, but no, he is a... Um, a, a, a minister of the gospel and um, a faithful student of the Bible, uh, Pastor Hugh, uh, is going to share with us on this topic, witnessing in death. And friends, I highly recommend that uh, if you're at home and if you're not doing anything, uh, just you know, take a pen and paper and, and um, you find that there will be some texts that he'll share that are worth going over. And if you happen to be driving, once again, just whisper a prayer that God would help you remember some of the points that he will be sharing. Lo, uh, friends, they let me not take much of his time, but let's come into the discussion now. Let's ask him, uh, yeah, um, Pastor Hugh, prayer has been the theme for this mm, week across yes. the world, in the Adventist world. Uh, and um, uh, in particular, we've, go- we've been going through a set of readings on the uh, theme of witnessing, privilege to share. Mm. Um, why is that so important? Yeah, I think it's so very important, actually, Fabiano, because you mentioned a moment ago that uh, <clears throat> that you have a powerful presenter with you on air, <laughs> and I raised an eyebrow on this side of the desk, uh, namely on my own face, uh, because you know, at the end of the day. Without prayer, there is no power. Amen. Uh, without uh, communion with God, without taking time uh, and setting it aside to be in the presence of our Heavenly Father, mm. we, we cannot really then say that we are the children yeah. of God. That's right. The, the reason why we can uh, live and move and breathe of our own free will and witness for God so effectively is because we are His children. We are those who carry His name. We are those who fly the flag for God and who are uh, you know, just like a, you look at a child mm. and you say, 
oh, I think I know your dad. I think I know your mum. You're the spitting image of them. And in the same way, the same holds true when it comes to the children of God. Uh, There's something about them. There's something uh, about their spirit, their deportment, the way they carry themselves, the way they convey uh, news. Uh, Of course, you know, there's good news people in a bad news world so often. Uh, But there's also, it all comes about because of the time that they've spent in the presence of their their Heavenly Father. And, of course, that comes about best through prayer. So it's been a real joy this last week. That's right. You know, to gather together in, in little prayer circles together, yes. sometimes not so small, sometimes mm. quite large, yes. uh, but to come together uh, uh, as as a church, uh, both locally and worldwide, you know, you could say globally, yeah, uh, and uh, to it. know that there are other people who are joining their prayers with ours as well. There's something Amen. about this week of prayer, and I really encourage any of our listeners that uh, maybe haven't joined in so far, mm. um, or maybe you've never even heard of the week of prayer, oh, yeah. uh, make every week a week of prayer, of course, but especially this week because there's something about coming together as a whole group of people and knowing that others are doing this worldwide that that, uh, is a bit like moving from from dial-up internet to broadband (laughs) or ultra-fast because, uh, of course, we are together united in the presence of Presence of God in mm. His throne room, wonderful in the in the you know in in the most powerful and yet also most uh, uh, empathetic uh, and uh, compassionate uh, place in the entire universe, right mm. there yeah. in the presence of God, where we can come day or night uh, and, and seek help and, and and mercy in our time of need. So, I really encourage uh, our listeners to join us in this. Uh, if you want to find the week of prayer readings, for example, you can certainly find them uh, online. You just, in fact, just Google uh, Adventist Week of Prayer, yes. and it will come right on up uh, yes. on your screen, and uh, you can join in there. Wonderful. Yeah. So. Um, very powerful week. I'm sure the same is held true for you, Fabiano, oh, yes. as well. That's right. Uh, and of course, today we're moving on from uh, some of the other topics of this week, which have been really very stirring. You know, witnessing in times of personal struggle. I mean, how many of us want to talk about yeah. um, the good things of God when uh, bad things are happening to us or, mm. or coming our way? Uh, and there's something. Uh, so astonishing about the power of God in a person's life uh, to be able to witness of God's goodness even in the worst of times, light in the darkness stuff. Yeah. And so, And then true and false witnesses, we looked at that. And uh, likewise, witnessing in the court of kings, Daniel as a witness. Yes. Uh, and then just yesterday, the unlikely witness, talking about the Samaritan yes. woman. And yeah, wasn't that a great, right. uh, a great was, time together? It was a great time together. Really That's enjoyed true. that. Mm. Uh, and, and no less today, as we talk about um, witnessing in death. Yeah. Um, now, we all get that uh, we can be a witness, we can give testimony, uh, we can be, um, we, we, we can share what happens or what has happened in our life in life, yeah. uh, but also as it so happens in death as well. I want to just uh, bring our attention to uh, a, a passage of scripture, an episode uh, that involves real people in a real place, just like what you were saying before, you know, the yeah. historical witness, but also the personal witness here in the book of Acts. You know, Acts is really the history of the church. Uh, in the New Testament, early church uh, period there, uh, but it's also really the acts, not just of the church or of the apostles, but the acts of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And uh, so here we see in Acts chapter 9 yes. that uh, <clears throat> on this occasion, uh, Peter is traveling around the countryside. And I just want us to bear that in mind because everything that follows in this story came about because Peter was traveling about the countryside. Now, um, visiting the Lord's people wherever he went. Yeah. Uh, and he, he, first of all, in this little passage here, visits uh, God's people in Lydda. Uh, today we call that place uh, Lod uh, in Israel. Uh, and he finds a man there named 
Aeneas, uh, and uh, he'd been paralyzed, he'd been bedridden for eight years, and, and Peter says to him, uh, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you, get up and roll up your mat. Yeah. Uh, and immediately he gets up, and all those who lived in Lydda and Sharon yeah. saw him and turned to the Lord. Uh, and so uh, what's really remarkable about this, of course, is yes, the miracle, yeah. uh, but that all comes about because of someone who was uh, seeking to reinforce and strengthen what remained of the witness of others by by encouraging uh, other fellow believers. And, of course, that was Peter traveling about the countryside doing that. Yes. Uh, and uh, he does so in a place that was was not a place filled with God's believers, yeah. believe it or not. <clears throat> uh, sure, he found one, and there were others there too, yeah. uh, but it was a place that was a, a very mixed multitude. Uh, there were those who were Jews, there were those who were Gentiles, uh, non-believers in both cases, uh, but also uh, Christian believers as well. Uh, and uh, and so, um, hearing about this perhaps, the believers um, may have actually called upon uh, Peter uh, to to come to them, and in fact, it's pointed out there in verse thirty eight of chapter nine. You know, please, we urge you, please come at once. So they perhaps heard about this miracle that had taken place in Lydda, uh, and he goes to a, a nearby place called uh, Joppa or Jaffa. Today, you know, we call it um, uh, Yafo uh, there in Israel. And again, it's a place of a mixed multitude. It's a place where there are uh, many different people who have many different walks of life. And biblically speaking, uh-huh. uh, just uh, out of interest here, Yafo uh, is a place that uh, played a, a large part in the biblical narrative. I mean, it's a place that uh, is known for uh, the fact of uh, of how God reached out to those who were not of the, yet of the household of faith, uh, those who were uh, outside of the Jewish people, those who were who were Gentiles in the Old Testament and also in the in the New Testament as well. So, for example, Yafo was a place uh, that was the northernmost Philistine city by oh, the right. coast there, uh, and so it was a really hardened. Uh, populous uh, in its earlier times because these were the people of course who were actively acting as enemies of God and seeking to thrust them out of the land uh, and so it's interesting that this place holds such a uh, uh, such a key part in a number of narratives where God is reaching out to those who were hardened against him. So, for example, this is the place that was the port of entry for the cedars of Lebanon right. uh, that came down, you may recall, they were, yes. they were sent down to be <clears throat> to be used in the construction of Solomon's temple. Mm. Um, David originally uh, arranged all of that ahead of time for Solomon, uh, but also they were, it was used again as a port of entry for the second temple as well. Yes. Um, and, of course, why is that significant? Because it's interesting to think that a place that was very much uh, a, a Gentile place, a place that was filled with non-believers uh, for the most part of its history to that point, was the port of entry <clears throat> played such a significant uh, role in bringing the, those uh, cedars of Lebanon that would be used for that place where God would meet with uh, his beloved, where God would meet with uh, the people of earth yeah. uh, and uh, his chosen people. <clears throat> and of course that means that anybody... No matter who we are, we, we can yeah. be called, we can be chosen and elected of God That's right. and included in his kingdom. Uh, God makes no exclusion. He says everyone is welcome. Uh, and, uh, of course, as we, as we, as it's made possible through what, through the provision that God has made for us. And in this case, of course, the provision related to the cedars of Lebanon, but ultimately, uh, what Christ has done for each one of us there upon the cross. Um, now, also, it's the place, ironically, <coughs> where Jonah tried to get away from witnessing for God to Gentiles. Right. Because this is the place where, yeah. you know, uh, he, he ran to, he uh-huh. didn't want to go to Nineveh yes. uh, and to witness to the Assyrians who were the dead set enemies of God. 
Interesting. Who, whom he knew were um, <clears throat> who had very actively been involved in the destruction of the nations around them and would uproot them wow. very soon. Uh, and uh, so he said, "I'm not going to go and witness to them. I don't want them to be saved." Uh-huh. A- and uh, he ends up going to Yafo uh, <laughs> or to Joppa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and then uh, from there, God turns him around and says, "Actually, uh, mm. you know what, Jonah? Uh, I've got a mission that for you to reach out to people that you do not think you think are beyond right. my reach." Beyond my grace, beyond uh, my kingdom, I wow. want to include them too. There's, there's nobody <clears throat> that is too far gone mm. for God. That's amazing. It, it, yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And so here we see that Peter, uh, here in the New Testament in the book of Acts, this is the self-same city that, that Peter is now making his way to uh, because the biblical narrative tells us that there, there was a disciple there was a, a believer, perhaps even a leader, wow. uh, there in that place uh, in uh, in Yafo, in Joppa, uh, called Tabitha. Right. right. Now, uh, many may know her as Dorcas. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You don't hear that name very often these days, Dorcas. No, not at all. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Except if you were to go to uh, our part of the world where I came from, yes. uh, on the continent of Africa. Yeah, oh, definitely. You Everywhere. Hear, you hear quite yeah, yeah, a few yeah. Dorcases in Africa, don't you? Oh, yeah, yes. that's right. In fact, I know a few, <laughs> to be honest. Yes. Oh, I even know yes. a, a friend of mine um, uh, has a daughter. And they've called her Dorcas. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. it's actually a beautiful name. It is. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, people have chosen to say, well, I'm not so sure about that so name sure. in, in outside of the African continent, which is a shame. Uh, I think our African brothers and sisters are onto something here because, <laughs> because both Tabitha right. and Dorcas mean the same thing. Essentially, mm. it just means you know, a gazelle, someone gazelle. who's gracious. Right, right. Now, I don't know if that mean, meant that, uh, <laughs> that Tabitha or Dorcas was someone that was uh, particularly gracious in terms of her um, appearance, All right. know, graceful in her movements uh-huh. possibly not but mm. certainly as someone who was a, a gracious person a yes. generous person someone who gave good yeah. uh, to those who were facing all kinds of uh, issues and by the way uh, back in those days uh, mm. parents didn't just pick names uh, you know out of blue like you know they didn't just mm. carelessly name children right yes so there's always something about the name and uh, I think it's worth you know taking time to look at to look into that and maybe sometimes those names and the meaning behind the names and end up being uh, something very significant about that person mm. in their life as well, yeah. because that's what we see in the in the life of Tabitha. Mm. Absolutely right. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, grace and being gracious to people is not something yeah. that tends to come naturally to us. No, in fact, quite no. the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's really only a product of spending time with God, who uh-huh. is the God of all grace, right? Right. right. And and uh, and certainly this is borne out by what we read here, because it says there that she was always doing good that's and amazing. helping the poor. Wow. Uh, and this really uh, it reminds me of what uh, the Apostle James says. Right. The Apostle James says in chapter 1 of his uh, epistle, his general letter to the church, um, he says that, uh, 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 <laughs> let me see now, it seems to have disappeared on me. Okay, uh, no worries, no worries. Uh, James mm. chapter 1. Dorcas, what a name. Yeah, what a name. Wonder, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful name. He says here in, in uh, verse 27, <clears throat> there you go. He says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, mm-hmm. to look after orphans and widows in their distress right. and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Uh, and it so happens that uh, that certainly was what uh, Dorcas was doing, or Tabitha. She was yes. someone who was uh, uh, looking after orphans and widows, certainly widows, uh, in their distress. Uh, this is pure religion. This is really what God calls us to yeah. you know, as yeah. believers. Yeah. And we see here that, um, in fact, <clears throat> um, she, when she became sick and she died, 
her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Uh, and when the disciples heard that Peter was nearby, they sent two men to him and urged him, Please come at once. And Peter went with them. And when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. And all the widows, notice that now, yeah. all the widows stood around crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Mm. Uh, now, I find this Fascinating. This is clearly someone who, in her life, was a great witness for God. Yeah. And she may not have had uh, uh, all manner of gifts in terms of uh, uh, public speaking, mm. preaching, teaching. Uh, she may not necessarily have had those gifts or even uh, the various miraculous gifts. Yeah. Uh, but this was someone who used the gifts that God had given to her. She used the, the, the basic things that she had at hand. Yeah to make a profound impact upon the lives of those around her. And uh, we, we know that because, of course, she had been making clothes <coughs> uh, for uh, the widows of that, that city. Now, now that's a big deal because we think, okay, well, you know, a widow, yes, they've lost their husband, but you know, th- th- they should be possibly okay here in Australia. But, yeah. you know, uh, in those times, if you know, sad to say, if you, if you didn't have uh, you know, a husband, if you didn't have, particularly if you didn't have uh, sons as well, uh, then you would tend to be a forgotten part of the economy. Yeah. Uh, you'd be really on the outer, and you may have nothing at all. You become essentially destitute in many instances. Uh, not always, but many, many a time. And, yeah. and here she was looking after all the widows in that place. Now, it's interesting, we don't find a mention of uh, her having great support. Yeah. In terms of you know having a family of her own, we don't know anything about her family or about her background or anything of that nature, except that she was a person who lived up to her name. She was a person of grace. She did good, and That's she correct. helped the poor. Um, maybe she was someone who was a, a garment manufacturer. Uh, you know, maybe she was someone that did this for a living. We don't know, but certainly she used the skills and the talents and the gifting that God had given to her to bless everybody around her. Yeah. Um, and, and what I find interesting about this, though, is that, look, I guess the question needs to be asked for all of us, what simple... You know, basic and simple things can we be doing yeah. for those around us to just let them know yes. that they are valued, that they are loved, true, that they true. are seen and heard, uh, and uh, that we feel for them. Uh, that's perhaps the great, in fact, I believe it is the greatest witness of all is when we do this for, for others. Mm. Um, and so just as Peter was traveling around the country, clearly she was traveling around that city, yeah, uh, meeting it. with those, and she knew all those who were in perhaps the greatest need yeah. in that place. So in her life, yeah. what a powerful witness that she had. That's amazing. So mm. obviously for those, um, uh, uh, I guess, in our circles or any Christian really um, out there in the world uh, who has heard and uh, is trying to witness um Sometimes we we think that witnessing happens out there, and sometimes obviously we have to we think about you know going abroad and things like that. But what we are learning is that actually in your sphere of influence, mm. uh, uh, in your home, mm. in your neighborhood, you can actually do something, and you don't have to do great big things, but it could be the little things actually that make a difference. That's quite amazing. Very much so. Yeah. Mm. Well, friends. That is a powerful, um, yeah, a, a powerful, uh, uh, um, something that we have just gotten out of that, uh, that uh, truly we can actually do ministry just around us as well. And, mm. and what's important, obviously, is, you know, the question, is Jesus in this, what, in what I'm doing? And, uh, and I do believe that if we focus on, uh, living out, out our lives in a ways that, uh, are in harmony, 
with the uh, 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 you know with, with, with what God wants us to actually do and how God wants us to live that in itself too will be a powerful uh, witnessing mm. um, uh, tool in itself so let's come to a break uh, and uh, just take time to meditate on what we have just heard and f- friends I would like to uh, suggest that as as we come to this song that we think of the words of this song and uh, that we also prayerfully consider ways in which we can uh, witness to our friends family and loved ones so we are now to this song let's take a break and we'll be right back this is a song by Forbes family who will be with Jesus he came home from work last night to find that she's gone now he's spending his first Sunday sitting in the pew alone there are whispers all around him his heart breaks in two He's wondering who will reach out and help him make it through. Who will be Jesus to him? Who'll show the love that restores him again? He doesn't need a judge, he needs a friend. Who will be Jesus to him? You are listening to Faith FM Draft Time, big Q&A with Fabiano Nyonghuru. And our co-host today is Pastor Hugh Heenan. On the uh, theme for this week, we have been um, studying under the theme, Privileged to Share. But the topic for today is Witnessing in Death. Now, dear friends, that was an amazing song. Who will be Jesus to her? Who will be Jesus to him? Many a times we look far and thinking that uh, ministry happens out there or witnessing happens out there. But sometimes it could just be that the person next to you or the person around the corner needs you to be Jesus to him. What a reminder. Friends, we do have this free giveaway, a powerful book once again written by Roger J. Monroe, uh, and uh, he speaks about how he received 
um, thousands of calls and letters requesting intercessory prayer. In this book, he shares God's amazing answers and shows how you too can take hold of that incredible power of prayer. Oh, man, my friend, um, prayer does work. And uh, this mm. week around the world, uh, the Adventist Church has taken time to pray together. You see, there's power in united prayer. And uh, everything happens by prayer. In fact, without prayer, nothing happens at all. And so I would like to ask that, uh, yeah, you consider this free giveaway. If you are, if you're interested, all you have to do is send the code word SA134 to the number 04888 Eight zero eight eleven. So you send uh, just a text message, and you send in that text message a code word SA one hundred thirty four. Uh, when you do that, our Faith FM giveaway bot will reply asking for the necessary details, and then we'll send that out to you. Once again, the number you need is zero four triple eight eight zero eight. 11. Thank you. So, Pastor Hugh, you are talking, talking to us about Tabitha, Dorcas, uh, and how that name in itself speaks about, uh, this, uh, element of graciousness and mm. how in her life she exemplified that and she was a person who truly, uh, was a powerful, uh, uh, witness, uh, in the way in which she lived mm. and around the neighborhood while others were going out, such as the disciples traveling, you know, to worlds unknown, mm. doing the f- seemingly big things when truly they were, but, but obviously her in her circle of influence, she was doing amazing things. She really yeah. was. Yeah. So, so clearly, you know, you just mentioned the name there of Tabitha. <clears throat> this was an Aramaic name. So it, right. it actually shows that this was a person who had her roots yes. uh, amongst God's, uh, God's people. Right. <clears throat> yeah. No doubt she herself was probably a Jew. Uh, and uh, she'd become a Jewish believer. She'd become a believer in, uh, Jesus Christ as mm. Messiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, given her life to him and, and, and in service, therefore, to the community around her. But the very fact that it's mentioned that her name in Greek is also Dorcas right. would seem to indicate that she was known by various names and that, right. would, that would seem to be uh, equivalent to well she's known in this quarter of the city mm. uh, as Tabitha and that one as Dorcas or maybe in, in this one both yeah. uh, and, and so clearly she was mixing and moving amongst people who were not necessarily just like her right. you know, so often I think what happens is that we tend to uh, we tend to be like birds that flock together uh-huh. birds of a feather you know? right, and right. we look for people who look like us who sound like us, who talk like us, who, yeah. who think and believe like us. Mm. Uh, but what makes the greatest impact in the world today are those people who are able to bridge the divide, those who are able to, to, to knock down the wall right. and, and, and of separation between people uh, and, to, and to indicate to people that, hey, look, uh, uh, you are someone of worth and of great value, uh, I care about you, and to serve the needs of others mm. uh, without any uh, desire for something in return. Right. Um, and it's so true to say that that does make the greatest difference yeah. in the world today. It comes about by the grace of God, and mm. certainly she had the right name because she was gracious, she was Tabitha, yeah, yeah. she was Dorcas. Right. Um, but also, uh, uh, it, it, I think it is indicative of the fact that uh, you know people don't really they don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. Correct. As that old saying goes. Yes. And that was very true in her life. Mm. Now, it wasn't just her life. There was a profound witness. <clears throat> it was the impact, I believe, that that had then also upon the great apostle Peter. Right. Because we often think about Peter, this great hero of the faith, you know, <laughs> he's a great man of God. Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, and that he, he was the one who, alongside of, you know, the apostle Paul, each in their own separate way, yeah. began to take the message of God, and you could also talk about Philip, yeah. began to take God's message outside of the confines of just one people group yeah. and to all the different nations and peoples and languages of the world and yeah. made no, no exclusion, uh, didn't think 
engage in prejudice or in bias. Right, right. And some of those things they had to unlearn. Let's, mm. let's, let's face it. They had to yeah. unlearn those things. Correct. What was the genesis that led to that? We, we often think about what happened in the next chapter, yes, you know, Acts yes, chapter yes. 10 and Acts chapter 11. And we think mm. about, yeah, you know, Peter had this great vision and God showed him you know, <laughs> all these unclean animals coming down in a, in right. a, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, in a sheet from heaven. <clears throat> and, and Peter's saying, no, I've never eaten anything that's unclean, Lord. Yes. And, and then later on, uh, when uh, at the third uh, or at 3 p.m. in the afternoon when three men come to him and, and they, uh, and, and ha- him having already received that vision three times yeah. from heaven, uh, he, he thinks oh, there's some connection here going on perhaps. And he's led by these people who were clearly, uh, not Jewish believers. They, they were, right. they were Gentiles mm. who were yet to be of the household of God. Yes. And they led him to Cornelius. Yes. And then of course, after meeting with Cornelius and after seeing how God changed their lives, yeah. uh, Peter was amazed at this, and he, he realized, and the biblical text tells us in those two chapters, it says, now I understand that God is saying that I should treat no man wow. as being unclean. Hmm. There should not be yeah. this separation. You know, up until that time, they wouldn't even eat together. Yes. You know, they, they wouldn't fraternize together. Right. You know, and, and this right. is sadly what so often happens yes. in, in, in racial and ethnic uh, and other divides. Correct. Uh, and, and God is saying, oh, I don't want that. You're all my children. Yeah. I all want you to come home mm. and to be united together yeah. in my love. Wow. Uh, and But what perhaps we miss in all of this, uh-huh. just rewinding the tape a little bit, is if you come back to Acts chapter 9, mm. <clears throat> perhaps it was that God was already working on Peter by saying, hey, look at my servant Tabitha. Yes. Look what she's doing around uh, Yafo, around Joppa. <clears throat> she's already mixing and mingling with, with all these different people of all different walks of life. Uh, and she's reaching out to those who are the most outcast, downtrodden, and forgotten in that community, making a profound impact in her life. Uh, I think we, we may have missed something here in, in the book of Acts and in church history, <clears throat> in, in the sense that Tabitha perhaps one of the, had one of the most profoundly great and impactful ministries of all time. Yeah. Because her influence even influenced the Apostle Peter, right? In the ministry that he then and and uh, went on to to have, that's amazing uh, amongst all different people groups. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> her her witness was a a witness to how you witness that's in amazing. her in her life, yeah. right? Uh, and uh, but there's more to the story, even so, because we read on there that um, he saw clearly. You'd have to say that, yes. that they're crying, they're showing him the robes and other clothing that she'd made for them, all these various widows there in uh, Yafo. And then Peter sends them all out of the room, just like Elijah and Elisha before mm. him and Jesus before, yes. uh, before Peter. Um, each one of them had not showboated, they hadn't showed off or anything of that nature. They were just touched in their heart for the grief of those that uh, had lost someone special to them. Right. And each one then by the Spirit of God raised up to life again hmm. the person I'm giving something away there but they look they, we read on he says then he got down on his knees just him yes. and the Lord in that room and the dead lifeless body of Tabitha and he prayed wow so we're talking about the week of prayer here right <laughs> hey, that's he, imagine that prayer that was yeah, prayed yeah you know earth touching heaven heaven touching amen, earth amen. and he turned towards the dead woman he said Tabitha get up mm. just yeah. like as if they were just sitting across from each other 
Yeah. And, and, and nothing had changed. They were still in communication. They were still, both of them, fully alive, just like as if that was the case. Such was his faith. Wow. And she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. <laughs> I would, wow. I'd be sitting up too. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Did that really happen to me? Yes, I'm alive wow. again. That's amazing. And he took her by the hand, and he helped her to her feet. Mm. And then he called for the believers, especially the widows, mm. and he presented her to them alive. And this wow. became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. Of course, that's the same house he was in when he had that vision right, uh, right. of uh, clean and unclean mm. and no division between yeah. uh, between people. Uh, and, uh, and so in her death, her witness was even greater than her life. Mm. When she died, you know, it's, it's interesting, the people in our lives that yes. made the most profound difference are those who are thinking about, about the kingdom to come yeah. and 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 uh, the future that is ours, and the resurrection to come. Mm-hmm. And uh, that in turn causes them to become someone of great, positive, um, heaven-sent difference in yes. their community. That's right. Um, but also, for, for those of us who lose someone like that, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you realize what you've lost. And yeah. they had lost you know, someone who held that community together. Mm. Just like uh, by the grace of God, yeah. Jesus holds the world together in his nail-pierced hands. Nice. Um, and so by God's grace, working through her, she was really uh, ministering in the spirit of Christ in that community and holding people together. Um, and realizing what they'd lost, I think it, her, her death was perhaps the greatest witness of all, let alone her resurrection. Because let, let's face it, not everybody is going to be resurrected. It's it's the exception to the rule. <laughs> That's right. Until the last great day resurrection Amen. when Jesus comes again to, yes, to take yes. his children home, both the, the living and the dead That's right. on that great day. Um, so what about those who die and we've lost them? Mm. Um, and it really raises the question, I'm sure you've known people, you know, yeah. I've known people as well, who in yeah. their death, their witness is perhaps even greater oh, yes. than, than in their life. Yes. Or maybe it's just the accumulation of their legacy that mm. is suddenly felt and appreciated like never before wow. when they do go to the grave. Oh, yeah. um, I think of a lady in New Zealand, and uh, she was, a, a, a for me, right? yes. she was a little old lady in a little town, yes. in a little community, in fact, just out of town. In, mm. and, uh, and she was someone who didn't have her children around her, uh, her children and her grandchildren had left many years before, but uh, uh, she faithfully served in that that little church out of town, mm. uh, and it was just a band of few uh, a few faithful believers. Yes, <clears throat> but uh, you know what? Uh, her greatest witness wasn't merely in her service and her hospitality, in right. her ministry leadership, uh, or even for that matter, in in when she would pray aloud. Right. Um, all of that were, was a witness. <clears throat> but in her death, I got to meet her children. She had wow. a lot of kids. Okay. And when they came back together, and we all sat in her lounge room together, yes. uh, there was weeping, just like these widows here. And as we talked together, it became really very clear um, just how much she meant to all of us. Wow. On, on her funeral day, I myself wept. Mm. You know, uh, you, you try and hold it together as yeah. the person who is, yeah. who is preaching on that day. But but I couldn't help it. She yeah. she was just such a lovely, gracious, wow. godly, kind woman. And uh, you know what? The children saw that and they were reminded of the spirit that was in their mother as well. Mm. And years later, in fact, not so many years later, uh, I remember uh, having someone tap me on the shoulder and I turned around and it was one of the children. Right. And he said, right. here's my wife. And here's my our kids, and, and they said. And by the way, there's my brother, right. and, and, and we were actually at a Christian campground okay. of thousands okay. of people. Okay. They had come back to God. 
Wow, praise God. Yeah. And led all their children Amen. with them. And all of the siblings had come back to God. Mm. They weren't there on the day, but they'd all come back to God. And yes. they were worshipping yes. him and looking forward yes. to the day when they would see their mother again. And except for one. There was one black sheep. <laughs> uh, but, but the 99 were praying for the one. Amen. And uh, we yes. hope to see him in the kingdom as well. It's mm. amazing the difference wow. uh, of a godly person's life. Mm. It's not just for children either. Yes. Um, I, I remember uh, Norm uh, in Auckland. Yes. And uh, Norm was someone who uh, he uh, didn't have children around him or grandchildren right. around him uh, there in Auckland. Um, he had children elsewhere, okay. far flung. Uh-huh. Uh, but when he came to Christ, he led many of his students yes. and, and homestays to the Lord. Wow. And in his death, the mm-hmm. number of people who came to his funeral and wow. who testified to the difference he'd made in their life. Mm. Some of them had been uh, avowed atheists. Uh, mm. Others had, had uh, come from an atheist communistic background. Wow. Still others uh, were uh, very much uh, humanistic and, and, and materialistic uh, <clears throat> and, and only believed in, in material science and the yeah. physical realm because <clears throat> uh, he'd been an academic at the university. And, uh, and they spoke of how he had, by his life, let alone by his intellect, by his life, he had led them uh, to appreciate God and the Spirit of God. Uh, and I could go on. There's so many others that we could speak of that I've known over the years. Uh, in my own case, uh, there was a man called, and I'm speaking now as a pastor, but even pastors need to be fathered. Yes. And uh, look, I have I have a father, I have a stepfather, mm. but I also have a spiritual father. Right. He's now died. Uh, his name was Peter Young. Mm. And I tell you what, he made a profound impact upon my ministry, upon my life. Uh, and uh, I think many a time, it's only after that person has gone. You know, we, we love them, we appreciate them deeply, but especially after they've gone. Uh, the legacy, <clears throat> question has to be asked, what legacy are we leaving in our death because of the way that we lived? Mm. Uh, and uh, so just, just uh, uh, it's so important for us to consider. It's not always by uh, our theological or intellectual prowess or, or knowledge or ability. Yeah. Simply it's just so often because we... we Cared enough to love and uh, to uh, to to show compassion uh, in simple but profound ways to those around us, and we too could yes. be a Tabitha that the, that uh, many generations later still speak of today. So, what is our witness? What is our legacy mm. uh, in life today? I, I, my hope and my prayer is that each one of us will, you know, not necessarily want to be a, a Peter or John <laughs> or, 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 or a Philip or, or some other great miracle worker, but rather instead to just simply be a Tabitha and have that uh, profound ripple effect upon many more lives besides. Mm. Well, dear friends, it's truly been a blessing to hear how a life lived in simple ways, but yet uh, with Christ, how it can become a powerful witness Friends, it's been a blessing and may God bless you as you witness to many, allowing Christ to shine through you. May God bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.